Hello and welcome to Rooted Together Podcast, the podcast where we aim to root you in Christ through His Word together. I'm your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we are in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with an episode entitled, Anticipating and Living in Hope. As we get to the end of 1 Thessalonians, Paul begins to focus on the end, i.e. the end of time and Jesus' return. And much of 2 Thessalonians, which we'll cover next, is covering the same topic. Today, I feel like we're very interested in how things will end. Where is it all going? Books and TV series and movies have been written on the topic. This fascination, by the way, is nothing new. And Paul briefly addresses Christ's return in this chapter in two ways. First, how to anticipate with hope the coming of Christ. And second, how do we live in the meantime? So first, how do we live in anticipation and hope? And Paul in verses 1 through 7 makes evident that one way to live in hopeful anticipation is to realize we don't know when the day will be. We anticipate Christ's return as a thief in the night. Christ's return is sudden and unexpected, but for us, very welcomed. The Thessalonians know this. Paul taught them this. And for us, this should sound familiar because Jesus said much of the same in Mark's gospel specifically, but in other gospels as well. Paul even uses similar language of awake and asleep for aware and unaware. He even says that we are children of the day. We belong to the light. For us, we anticipate Christ's return with welcomed hopefulness. We have no fear of the end because it is our day. In verse 8, we see, secondly, it's starting from verse 8 to the end of the chapter. So how are we to live while we wait with this anticipation and hope? So look at verse 8, and I want to, to read this because it's a summation of really the whole letter. And it says in verse 8, But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled and put on the armor of faith and love and the helmet of hope, the hope of salvation. So again, it's a summation of the whole letter. Be self-controlled. We don't wait for Christ's return twiddling our thumbs and singing a song. We, We are children of the day. Our behavior and how we conduct our lives matters. Living godly lives is what we do and what we're called to as we wait. We are also still at war in the here and the now. So remember earlier in this chapter, we talk about there's a real enemy. We, we don't just go through this world haphazardly. We have an enemy. We have Satan. There's spiritual warfare. We are at war, spiritually speaking. And Paul tells them to put on the armor of faith and love and the helmet of salvation. This this will allow us to live in expectant hope of Jesus' return. Now, as we continue through this chapter, we look at verses 12 through 28, and we have Paul's ending of the letter gives us practical counsel for living and waiting for Christ's return. So how do we be self-controlled? What does that look like? Because you can say that, and that's quite broad, but then Paul doesn't just leave that very vague and ambiguous. Paul 
gives very practical advice for living and waiting for Christ's return. And we're going to look at those. Uh, specifically here, we see that we're to help others and that we're to respect those who lead us. I think that's very important. We respect the pastors and the disciplers in our church, and we help them, and we we show respect and love to them. And the other thing he says is be at peace with one another. Don't be arguing with one another and quarreling with one another over trivial things. We must not let our brothers and our sisters sit idle either. Remember, we're not called to twiddle our thumbs and wait. We're called to to do the mission that God has set us out to do. We're also called to encourage the body of Christ. Where there is discouragement, Paul says, bring encouragement. And I'm just going to really read verses 14 through 22 because there's not much else to really exhort on them other than to read them and to point them out to you. These are very practical. They don't need a lot of explanation. They're very self-explanatory. So verse 14 says, We exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle. We talked about that. Comfort the discouraged. And we talked about that. Bring comfort to those who are discouraged. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. These are difficult, but they're part of being self-controlled. They're part of putting on the armor of God. See, verse 15, to it, that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. It's all people. So we pursue good for one another, for brothers and sisters in Christ, but also for the greater community and the greater world. Verse 16, rejoice always. And Paul has lived that out. He rejoices in his imprisonment. He rejoices in his sorrow. He rejoices in his affliction. And he calls the Thessalonians while they wait in eager anticipation for Christ's return to rejoice always, to pray constantly. Prayer is not something we do as a last resort. It is our walkie-talkie to our commander in war. It's from John Piper's Let the Nations Be Glad. And I'm I love that image of prayer. Prayer is communication with the Creator and the King of the universe. Verse 18, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To be thankful for everything, that includes the bad things, but to be thankful that God is with you. It's God's will for us in Christ Jesus that we thank Him in all things. Don't don't stifle the Spirit. Don't despise prophecies. But he also qualifies that with, but test all things. So don't listen to every prophecy, but don't despise them. Test them. If they hold true the scripture, then accept them. Hold on to what is good. If it is good, hang on to it. And stay away from every kind of evil. This is very classic Paul here, this idea of fleeing from evil, fleeing from what is bad. He's already said it a few times to stay away from certain sins. Here he says, stay away from every kind of evil. Well, how do we know what's evil? We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. We know what is evil. Stay away from it. Don't don't try to get as close as you can. Get away from it, Paul says. Cling to what is good. Stay away from to what is evil. That is what he's called us to do as we wait for Christ. So as Paul wraps up this letter and we wrap up this episode, he reminds the Thessalonians he is praying that they would be blameless before God. That prayer reaches from the page through the centuries and right into our time, our hearts, and our ears as we anticipate Jesus' return. 
Let us be found blameless as we live in the here and the now, longing for the future. I want to close by reading verse 24 here where he says, He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is faithful. He will come back. He is faithful to that. He's been faithful to his word, and he will do what he has promised to do. He ends right where he began, if you read the last few verses. And what do I mean? In the beginning, in verse 1, he says, of chapter 1, he says, Peace to you. And here he will end with peace with you. Let us hope in the knowledge that Jesus will return. He is faithful. He will do it. And let's be found living a life worthy of the gospel. I'd like to thank you for joining me in Rooted Together. And I want to thank you for joining me in 1 Thessalonians. And I look forward to joining you in 2 Thessalonians next time. I'll see you there.